Uh, if we can help you, and we have a majority of people that's got issues in certain areas, we're going to address that. Uh, we want to become better Christians. You know what's going to change our community? When our churches change. The stronger our churches get, the stronger our community will be. Amen? So, Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, and we'll begin in verse, or excuse yes sir, verse number 9. Have you found your place? <clears throat> the Bible says, two are better than how many? One. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Watch this right here. Watch this right here. I, could, I couldn't shake this verse all week. I had a whole other outline I wanted to do. Maybe I can do it next week, but I couldn't get any peace about it. And Friday afternoon, God finally uh, let, me, let me see what I needed to see. And, and, and this word kept coming back to my mind. He said, woe to him that is alone. Alone. Woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. You know what that tells us? We need each other. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. What's that threefold cord, preacher? You, me, and Jesus. We can get through anything. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the good spirit in this place. Thank you for the choir. Lord, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There are some things in life you can't do alone. Like, have a party. Wrestle. Have a sack race. Step aside, fools. I got this. Okay, I have it. Yeah, yeah. Play Marco Polo. Marco. Fish out of water. Ride a teeter-totter. <laughs> oh. Get engaged. Will you marry me? Move a heavy, awkward piece of furniture. Fingers. Too slow, too slow, too slow. Or water ski. Something should not be attempted without the help of others. Your spiritual journey is one of them. When it comes to that, we're definitely better together. funny we'll laugh at those other things and we'll we'll laugh at the guy in the boat which was my favorite of all uh we'll laugh at the party and we'll, we'll laugh at the rest that's just ridiculous it's no more ridiculous than you think you're gonna make it in this christian walk by yourself it's no more silly it's no more it's no it, 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 listen it makes that makes more sense than getting it by by yourself you say, how do you know? Because the Bible tells us over and over and over and over, we can't do this alone. 
all week, that word. I mean, I'm telling you, I was, I was, I was ready. I wanted to preach on community. Got a whole outline ready to go, and, 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 and I just couldn't get peace about it. I tried to talk myself into it, but God wouldn't let me. And, 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 and I kept thinking that word, alone. Man, it's bad to be alone. I don't like being alone. I mean, it just, I don't like nothing about it. And, and, and I kept thinking about the word. And, and, and you know, the Bible says in the beginning, when God made everything, if you'll go back to the book of Genesis, it said he made the light, and it was good. He made the stars and the moon and the sky, and he said it was he made the trees and the and the frogs and the and and the and the, and the gorillas and the and the bears and the elephants and it was but you know what he looked down and seen man alone and you know what he said this is not good it is not good for man to be alone we need to do something about this and you know in this verse that we just read the bible says two are better than one it is not good to be alone and we are, we are preaching this month and, and, and talking about the subject of our life groups and how important our life groups are. And one of the, one of the things, and before you throw, your, before you throw your, your wall up and before you throw your excuses up, I guarantee you I got you nailed today. Say amen. Listen, I'm going to cover them all. I'm going to get them. And if you got another one and tell me, I'm going to get it next week. Say amen. Because there's no excuse for not getting together. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You say, that's talking about church. No, it's not. The Bible says the 2020 vision for the church in the book of Acts, Acts 2020, he said, I taught in the temple and in house to house. We need each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to exhort one another and lift one another up. Do we, get a, do, we do a great job of that? No, but we're trying. We're going that direction, and we want to get better at it. And the only way to get better, better at it is to get in there and do it. Say amen. Listen, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, you can say what you want about her or whatever, but uh, uh, I got my own opinion, and, and if you want to know that, you, you can tell it later. But this woman, uh, she had a heart for people. And this is what she said. She said, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Listen. Pearl Buck, the, the 1938 Nobel Prize winner for literature, said this, The person who tries to live alone will not succeed as a human being. His heart withers if he does not answer another heart. His mind shrinks away if he hears only the echoes of his own thoughts and finds no other inspiration. How many of y'all remember the, the, the devastating story that come out of Colorado called Columbine? Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris went in and killed all, all those, all those uh, students and, 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 listen, just shocked America. They took Eric Harris's diary. They took his writings and his writings, and, and this is what he said. He said, I hate all you people. I hate all you people, talking about his classmates. He said, you had my number. I asked you so. You had my number, and you would never call. You would never invite me. He said, he said, no, 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 no. Don't let that weird Eric guy go. I hate you people. Lonely. So, oh, there's no cause. There's no reason. I understand all of that. But we need, to, we need to look beyond and see what's really there. Loneliness. Alone. God never intended us to be alone. God never intended us to walk this road alone, especially the Christian walk. How many of y'all recognize that being a Christian today is hard? It's, it's impossible to do it alone. 
Let me give you three things about being alone I want you to get today. Number one, I want you to see the, the, the consequences of being alone. I went through the Bible. I went through the Bible, and I looked at some people that some things happened when they got alone. Some, I, I'm talking about great people, too. I'm not talking about hoodlums and, 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 and heathens and wicked people. I'm talking about good people. How many of y'all believe King David was a pretty good fella? How many of y'all believe the prophet Elijah was a pretty good fella? Well, there's some things that take place when we get alone. There's some things that happen when we get alone. The Bible says in the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Uh, listen, it says, and when he saw that, he arose. What did he see? Elijah, Elijah just had mass revival. I'm talking about he called fire down from heaven. It consumed the fatted calf. I mean, they had, they had revival on the mountain. They killed all those false prophets, made them a non-profit organization. Say amen right there. I'm talking about they had a church meeting like you had never seen before. Mass revival. The Bible said the whole nation of Israel turned back to God. And you know what? He thought this is what it's going to take. This is what's going to get King Ahab and Jezebel. Man, this is, it's going to be on now. Well, when he got back to the palace, the exact opposite happened. Jezebel was mad. She was a woman scorned. And she said, I'm going to do the same thing to Elijah that he did to my prophets. I'm going to have his head. And the Bible says when he saw that, when he saw that, when God didn't operate like he thought he should, have y'all been there? We asked God to go this direction and God went that direction. We asked God to change the situation and he made it worse. I need a witness. When he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now watch what he does. Watch what he does. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. What happened? There was mental fatigue. Mental fatigue. Say that with me. Mental fatigue. What happened? He got depression-oriented. He fell into a deep depression. And it, it, listen, it attacked him to the point he got suicidal. He said, I don't want to even live no more. But what happened? He got alone. He left his servant there. He went off by himself. Do you know one of the first things we do when we get depressed? We don't want to be around nobody. We ignore everybody. We want everybody to stay away from us. We won't answer the phone calls. We don't want nobody coming to our house. We want to be alone. And honey, I'm telling you, that's the most dangerous thing that you can do. And I know what I'm talking about. I face it all the time. All the time. I don't want Tammy to call me. I don't want to be around nobody. I want, I want to get in my car and drive until the gas runs out and hide somewhere. And that's the most dangerous thing that we can do. He says, just kill me. I don't want to live anymore. I mean, he just came off the mountaintop. He just came off of a great situation. But depression and being alone caused him to be suicidal. So how do you know being alone was a big part of that? Because the Bible said, oh, this is great stuff right here, guys. I'm telling you. God hooked him up with a sidekick. God hooked him up with a sidekick. What was his name? Elisha. And Elisha was going to take the mantle from Elijah. 
And God said, the only way that I'm going to put the double portion on you, the only way that I'm going to give you that mantle, the only way that I'm going to anoint you with the power that Elijah had is if you stay with him till, you, till he takes and is gone. You've got to be with him. And listen, you can't get it unless you're with him. He was doing two things. He was seeing if there was going to be obedience, and he was making sure that Elijah would never get alone again. He was making sure Elijah would be taken care of, and he would have a buddy till he went on to glory. I need a witness right there. He said, stay with him. Why? He don't need to get alone. He don't need to get alone. When we're alone, guys, it will cause mental fatigue. Not only mental fatigue, but when we get alone, it could cause moral failure. Moral failure. There was a man by the name of King David. The Bible says he was, he was next to God's own heart. He was a man after God's own heart. Even the Bible says he did all that God would have him to do. Man, what a man. This was a man who wrote, who wrote song after song. This was a man who knew how to pray. This was a man who knew how to get in the presence of God. He was a man that walked in the anointing of God and had the hand and power of God on his life. But the Bible says there was a day when kings went to battle. Let me give you that verse. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time, now this is so important that you get this, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. He should have been in battle. He should have been with his comrades. He should have been with Joab. He should have been with men who would hold him accountable. And I'm telling you, Joab would get in David's face and tell him what's up. I need a witness right there. That was good for David. David needed somebody like that. But he sent him on and he tarried and he got alone. Now watch what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse 2, And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon, and y'all know the rest of the story. He took her and committed adultery with her. He got alone. Our greatest weaknesses will be when we're alone. Our greatest weaknesses will be when we're alone. Listen, when I go, when I go out of town or something, I like someone to go with me. Because I don't need no temptation of what's on that TV in that motel room if Brother Travis is with me, Brother Kendrick's with me. Why? We keep each other accountable. The most dangerous time you'll ever have in morality is when you get alone. David needed Joab to say, Hey, what are you doing up there? That's your eyes, wife. You know better than that. And by the way, that's a good point too. We don't need yes me people around us. We don't need, we don't need, we don't need, uh, what was the, what was the fella that, uh, that had a friend? Amnon. The other son of David. Amnon had a friend. What was that friend? Somebody that led him into evil. You need a friend around you and say, hey, you know better than that. Why are you even thinking that way? When you start bellyaching or complaining or whining about God or the church or the ministry or anything else, you don't need somebody to chime in there with you. Because that's the first step to disaster. You need somebody to say, hey, you need to straighten up. We need to get close to God and pray about this thing. 
We don't need to get alone. Listen, I need to be around a group of people that sees me and knows me and will say, hey, be careful. Be careful. I was in a conference about three months ago. Man, I'll never forget this. I was in a conference about three months ago, and that preacher, he preaches to about four or 5,000, and he looked out at all them preachers in there, and he said, if you're the only one that knows your weakness, you're doomed. If you're the only one that knows your weakness, knows what the devil attacks you with, you are doomed. You know what the Bible says? You know, what, you know how to get forgiveness of sin and, 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 and addiction and, and, and weaknesses? You know how to get forgiveness? Confess it to God. You know how to get healed of it? Confess it to man. Confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. But you know what? In our pride, we don't want nobody to think we got a problem. I don't want nobody at church to think I got a problem. Please. You don't think they got a problem? Everybody look to your left. Your other left. <laughs> look to your right. You know what you just saw? Somebody with a problem. High five five people and tell them, you got a problem. I'm just kidding. I've, don't do that. I was watching T.D. Jakes last night, and I just, I just wanted to do that. You got a problem. I got a problem. I got a weakness. You got a weakness. Well, preacher, what's your weakness? None of your business. <laughs> but you know what? Somebody needs to know it. Somebody needs to know yours. Well, I don't care. I don't want nobody to know it. Well, just sign your death warrant then. You know what? I want to make it through this deal. I want, Russell, I want, to, I want to land on the golden street and God say, well done. I don't want to have to come in like this. I had a funeral for a preacher yesterday. His church probably four or five thousand in Orlando, Florida. Found him in a motel room in New York, dead, with white substance in his pocket, powdery substance. I'm praying to God. It was a goodies headache powder. I'm praying to God. I'm praying to God. He had a brain aneurysm, and it was a goodies headache powder. Number one, so it don't give Jesus another black eye. Number two, so it won't be such a devastating thing to his family. You know what? If it was drugs, when he was young, he had issues with that before God saved him. And, and before you go get on your high horse, well, I tell you, be careful. Because I'm telling you, at your weakest moment, it could rise up and bite you. Guess how they found him? Alone. Alone. 
you know what, Miss Sheila? I wish I could have been there. And she said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. It's, it's not going to come out good. Don't do that. I wish one of his friends could have been there to say, please, let's try something else. Let's do something else. But they found him alone. Guys, let's don't get alone. Say, preacher, what do we do? I'll tell you in a minute. Moral failure. It's so, it's so foolish because it's so avoidable. It's kind of like some of the cancers that, that doctors get so mad at because people put it off and because of pride they won't go get checked and they'll say, Why? This man didn't have to die. This could have been so curable. You know, moral failure is the same way. And I tell you this, I'm not throwing stones by no means. My heart is broken. I'm not throwing stones because I know my, my potential. And I hope you know yours. And I'm telling you, we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all weak. We all have issues. We all have weaknesses. And we all need somebody. Church, say amen. Listen, when we get alone, it causes mental fatigue. Causes moral failure. But also, I read in the Bible about a woman named Martha. But when we get alone, it causes ministry frustration, doesn't it? Jesus, don't you care? Here I am working. I'm sweating my behind off. I'm doing all of this. And, nobody, and don't you care that she has left me to do this alone? You know what? I'll be honest with you. Ministry's tough. Ministry's very difficult sometimes. God makes it worthwhile. Had a meeting this week that was very difficult. Very, very difficult. Man, I just wanted to... But then... Then God brings one in that just has a revelation moment and, and makes it a God thing, and it just makes it all better. But I tell you, when, when you're working in the ministry, it gets frustrating sometimes. Especially, especially if you think you're by your... Why ain't nobody helping me? You know what Elijah even, even said when he got up under that juniper tree? He said, ain't nobody else. He just left a mountain full of people praising God. He just left a bunch of people who were willing to kill all those false prophets of Baal. He said, nobody's serving you but me. You know what happens when we get alone? Have you ever heard of the juniper tree pity party? How many of y'all ever had one of them? The rest of you lying. Play that with me. Y'all know, we get in the mully grubs. 
Every, the whole world is wrong but us. We get that syndrome. We get that syndrome. That, that, that homeless man on, on the park bench who was asleep and them, them boys was, was mean and they wanted to play a joke on him and they put that Lamberger cheese on his, on his mustache there and he woke up and said, My goodness, this park stinks. He went down the, he went down the street and got in the alleyway and said, My goodness, this alleyway stinks. He said, man, I'm going. He went down to the river and said, man, even the river stinks. The whole world stinks. Have you ever been there? Get alone and see what happens. Get alone and see what happens. Because I promise you this. Every demon in hell will jump on your shoulder and say, that's right. You don't deserve this. What did you ever do to deserve this? What would you ever do to deserve? I tell you what. Hey, it's the same thing that, that the devil told Jesus. Y'all remember when he came and tempted Jesus and said, if you're, if you're the Son of God, he wasn't questioning him. He wasn't trying to get him to prove that he was the Son of God. That was not what it was all about because Jesus, who knew Satan was, and Satan knew who Jesus was. He was saying, since you're God's Son, but you don't deserve to be hungry. Surely the, the Son of God deserves to have food. He's... He's holding out on you. Isn't the devil good at that? Guess what Jesus was in the wilderness? And alone. You say, well, he made it. You ain't Jesus. And by the way, even Jesus had angels to come minister to him. Church say amen. Consequences. Well, you're a preacher. You act like you act like you'd be a terrible person if you. Well, I'm just telling you the facts. I'm just telling you what I live with every day. I shave me every day. I know what I have potential. And if you're not a hypocrite, you know you got potential. Amen. Brother Travis, you're as good a guy as I know, and I love you with all my heart. And you've got his heart as big as this building. But you got potential. Brother Kendrick, we all do. We need somebody. Listen, number two. We see the consequences of being alone. How many of y'all can see those things? And, and things are dangerous. Mental fatigue, moral failure, ministry frustration. The cause of being alone. So why are people alone then? What causes people to be alone or feel alone? I believe one of, the, one of the first things is poor choices. Poor choices. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Let us consider one another, Hebrews 10, 24 says. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And, excuse me, so much the more as you see the day approaching. The word forsaking means to leave behind or to desert. To leave behind or to desert. You know why I believe a lot of people feel alone? Because they choose to be alone. They choose to be alone. And, and before you throw up your hackles and say, I got to read, just wait a minute, I'm going to get to you in a minute. We choose it. When, when, when we lay out areas and we lay out programs or, 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 or uh ministries where, where you can get involved and you choose not to. Don't blame the church of God for feeling alone. 
You know what I found out? I found out if I really want to do something, I'm going to do it. I found out this, that in America, if we really want to do something, we have the ingenuity, we have, we have a mindset, we will do whatever blessed well we can possibly do, and we're going to do what we really want to do. You know what I think? It's time we quit making excuses. Well, I just don't, and I just, and I, no, you choose to be alone. And let me say this, it's a poor choice. Matter of fact, according to that verse I just read, it's a disobedient choice. Don't forsake it. Don't desert it. Don't run out. But preacher, but preacher. That brings me to the next one. You say, why, why are we alone? Sometimes it's not just poor choices. It's personality clashes. Some people. They some folks... I don't really G-haul with. How about you? I can get along about anybody, but there's just some folks. Am I the only honest one in the building this morning? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you, there just is. I, I, I try, I, I work on it, but there's just some folks that just don't, it just don't click with me. They ain't, we're not on the same wavelength. Are y'all with me? But you know what? There's other folks on their wavelength. Thank the Lord. They don't have to be in my group. They ain't going to be in my group. Amen. Not that I'm a bad person, but that's just, are y'all with me? I don't know why y'all looking cross-eyed at me. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm saying. There's, sometimes there's personality class. Sometimes people just ain't friendly. Well, it's just my personality. And you, well, change your personality. My grandma, she was the coolest person. She was a WWF wrestling fan with a cane about that big around, about that long, and she'd beat the devil out of you or a pillar or anything else close if Dusty Rose started losing. I need a witness. <laughs> Bless God, Ric Flair. She couldn't stand Ric Flair. She said Ric Flair's going to burn in hell. I'm telling you. She hated Ric Flair, especially when he'd come out there and hold it. Woo! She wanted to jump through the TV. She couldn't stand Ric Flair. I'm a little bitter about it myself. Amen. Hey, I mean, she's something else. And she had a personality about her. Bless God, if you like her, you like her. If you don't, you don't. And, it, and it's just a little on the gritty side. And, 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 and I love Grandma Dad. She's up in heaven, and I hope they got cable. Amen, because she won't watch wrestling. But she had a bad personality. And the bad part was she was proud of it. And y'all can laugh, but some of y'all in here that way. I don't know why nobody wants to talk to me, because you're mean. I'm not mean. I like people. Tell your face. Don't be so gritty. Anybody can change. Anybody can change? What's the verse say? How many of y'all believe the Bible? Is it right all the time? It sure is. It says if a man hath friends, he must show himself friendly. Try this.
Smile. Have a friendly face. Are y'all with me? It might not be that everybody's stuck up. It, well, you know the rest. It might not be the whole world that stinks. It might be your perspective. It might be the way you approach yourself. It might be the way you present yourself. Well, nobody wants to talk to me. Well, do you look like a hyena waiting to attack? Be friendly. Listen, I don't... I don't really like to go out of my way to meet people I don't know. I just... I'm, I get scared. I get nervous. And I just... I mean, I just don't like that. I like getting around Dave and Kendrick and different ones I know and, and I feel safe with and all that. But that's not always a good thing. You know what? Dave's a little gritty. I know y'all can't hardly tell. But if I, would have, if I would have judged him on my first assessment, because my first assessment of Dave wasn't real good. I thought, man... What's that pretty bond lady doing with that mean-looking man? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? If I would have went on my first assessment, I would have missed out on an awesome friend. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all do this? Because I'm bad about this, and I'm trying to work on it, and I am, and I'm working. I'm getting better at it. That's why me and Dave are friends. How many of y'all, sometimes you see somebody and you prejudge them what you think they are just by their first look about them? And how many of y'all had found out later that they weren't really what you assessed them to be? You know what's amazing? You might have the very best friend you've ever had in your entire life sitting in this room and you just hadn't met him yet. Amen? There's many reasons why we're alone. That could be one of them. Personality clashes. Let's, listen, if we're gritty, let's change a little bit. And listen, if we're going to ask the gritty ones to change a little bit, how about the ultra-shy ones? Toughen up a little bit. Get a little bit more gritty. This needs to be a two-way partnership. I need a witness. Amen? If we want the gritty ones to smile, we need you to talk. I was serious. I don't know why you're laughing. Am I, am I telling the truth? Hey, we're the Christians. We're the saved ones, full of joy and glory and stuff. Amen? Then why do we go outside looking like we're pickles? We're supposed to smile. Man, if there's anybody that's supposed to be friendly, it's supposed to be in here. Amen? I see y'all enjoy that so much, let's go to sea. Oh, this is going to get, oh, right here, right here. I got some of y'all right here. I'm not going to group because I've been hurt before. Past conduct. I got, I got three words for you. Get over it. If I quit every time somebody hurt my feelings in the ministry, you would have 
an unemployed pastor. If I, hey, it's a weekly basis. God is my witness. Somebody's got something to say on a weekly basis that they don't like or should have been this or should have been that. A weekly basis. You know what I do? I get me some briars vanilla and get over it. And then sometimes I just get briars vanilla. Paul had a verse for that. See, I'm, I'm biblical. I got a verse for that. Forgetting those things which are behind. I'm going forward. Everybody in this building has had a bad experience. You know why? Because you're in church. And the quickest place to get your feelings hurt is in the house of God. You know why? Because we think everybody else is perfect. That's right. I said it. They're made out of dirt. How good can we be? And we expect them, well, they're saved, and they go to the house of God. You ain't never made a mistake? You've never hurt somebody's feelings on accident? You may have done it on purpose. Listen, let's get over it. Well, they didn't apologize. So what? You don't need to get over it for them to apologize. You need to get over it to move on and get over your bitterness. I got a CD for you. Free. Two of them. Get over it. We got to move forward. It's like this. It's like, man, if I had it, if I quit every time I had a bad experience or something, I would never get on the Batman ride again. <laughs> I would never eat another oyster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello? I, bet I had a bad experience with orange juice before that I can't tell you about. Look, guys, let's, let's call it for what it is. Let's call it for what it is. Let's quit using that excuse. Okay? Uh, uh, Dr. E.V. Hill, awesome black preacher in, 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 in Los Angeles, California. Awesome man of God. He said, an excuse is nothing more than a lie wrapped in laziness. Let's just call it for what it is. If God has commanded us to do something, let's quit using excuses not to do what God's commanded us to do. Because guess what? You're going to have another bad experience. As long as you're around people, as long as you're around broke people who are imperfect, there's going to be bad experiences. That's called life. What would have happened? What would have happened if, if, if every time your kid come home from school, I hate school and I don't want to ever go back? You say, okay, you had a bad experience. I'm not going to make you do that. Isn't that silly? You say, man, that's part of life. What do you tell them? Get over it. Because you're going back in the morning. Amen? You know, sometimes we're alone because of past conduct, things that's happened in the past. Man, we got to get over things. We got to quit being so sensitive. I'm serious. We got we to quit walking around with a chip on our shoulder. That might be why we're so gritty. We're daring somebody to knock that chip off our shoulder. Well, guess what? Sooner or later, somebody's going to bump into it, and here we go. We, that's a miserable way to live, guys. That's a miserable way to live. Church, say amen. amen. What's the cure for being alone? Number three, 
the cure for being alone. The Bible says when they got saved, they received the word gladly, were baptized, and the Lord added unto them. So that's, that's salvation, baptism, church membership. All right? Then the Bible says this. It's really important. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And fellowship. You know, you know, how, you know what, what we're going to do to cure loneliness around here and, and, and being alone around here? We're going to commit to fellowship. We're going to commit to fellowship. There's got to be a commitment to fellowship. Why? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to flow. It's not, listen, the devil's going to put problems with schedules in the way. The devil's going to put personality clashes in the way. The, the, the devil's going to put per, past conduct in the way. He's going to do everything possible, but you've got to commit to it. Listen, the early church knew how important it was to gather together and fellowship and encourage one another and exhort one another because the devil's crowd ain't going to do that for you. So they made a commitment steadfastly. I mean, they did it steadfastly. They put everything they had in it, no matter what, they sacrificed to make this happen. There's got to be a commitment to fellowship. So I'm committed to Christ. Are you? God wants you to be committed to his church. That's one another. You're going to have a hard time being committed to Christ and not be committed to the church because we are the body of Christ. Amen? Not only commitment to fellowship, but be. We need to contribute in fellowship. Watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. It says, And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They contributed. They were, they were not scared to contribute. They were not scared to sacrifice. You know what I found out? I'm going to get out of whatever I put into. Been doing marriage counseling this week. One's going to get married and, and I said, guys, y'all want a great marriage? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to have a good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, to, you want this to be forever? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, it's going to be whatever you make it be. You can't spin the wheel and watch it turn. You've got to put something to it. And it'll be whatever you make it. It'll be whatever you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. If you put nothing into it, you're going to get nothing out of it. And life groups are the same way. Life groups are the same way. What are you contributing to it? Are you contributing your encouragement? Are you contributing your prayers? You know, the lousiest life groups we ever had was those that I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask God to bless it. I just got so caught up with my schedule and boom, uh-oh, life group tonight. I better go over there. And it was the lousiest ones we ever had. But those that I prayed about, said, God, so-and-so's got a need and so-and-so's got a need. And I remember one night, I remember one night, Brother Travis, I think he was there that one night. I was trying to rush through and get done, and, and I just said this quick little old cheesy prayer, and God just popped me in the nose. And I said, guys, I, I, I forgot to pray about something. And boy, we started praying, I started squatting. You remember that night? Gabe, I believe it's your house. Boy, God, he got on me. He said, this, ain't just, this is not just some routine activity you go through. This is important. And boy, we was all weeping before it's over with. But I'm telling you, 
Well, I didn't get nothing out of it. How much you put into it? How much did you put into it? How much for, did you go into it with a bad attitude to start with? Had a guy come in my office this week. Had steam coming out of his ears before he ever made it through my door. I said, this is going to be good. He already had his mind up before he ever walked in there. Guess how much help I was able to give him. You know what? A lot of people, when we first started all this, a lot of people just had a bad attitude. And you know what? I believe, I believe a bad attitude is sin. I really do. Well, I don't like it. You know what? I'm glad I tried broccoli and cheese one day. I am. I'm glad I, I'm glad I tried rutabagas one day. Rutabagas. You, you ever tried rutabagas? You ain't never tried. It put hair back on your head, son. I'm telling you. <laughs> Anybody like rutabagas in here? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm glad I tried that. You know what? When it comes to food, I'm about like Mikey. I'll about try anything. Hey, I even tried, I even tried, uh... Uh, I don't remember what I tried. Uh, no, it's a uh, poke salad. Whew. I tried it. I wouldn't recommend it. It's just not my thing, amen. It's, they say it's good and everybody likes it, but I, it's different. But you know what? I got to contribute to something if I'm going to get something out of it. And not only do I need to contribute for fellowship. Now watch this. This is the last one. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. What was the first one? That we, there's got to be a commitment. Say it with me. Come on, everybody. There's got to be a. Then B, there's got to be a. A contribution. The Bible said they gave and supported one another. And then it says this. If you will look, if you will look in Acts, don't turn. I got it right here. In Acts chapter 2. The Bible says in the next verse, it says, And they continuing daily with one accord. Say that with me. With one in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. One accord means they were unified. In order to get unified, there's got to be a compromise. There's got to be a compromise. You've got to make it happen. You've got to just work it out. Well, their schedule don't fit my schedule. Well, get a schedule that does work. There's got to be some compromise. There's got to be some give and take. There's no such thing as a perfect schedule. One group, I love this part. One, one group got together and their, their kids were playing ball and it was interfering and had, had ball practice. So they took the whole group, went to the field where they was all having practice and the kids were out practicing. They brought a, a, a little portable grill, grilled hot dogs, had their group at the practice field. You know what that's called? That's improvising. Amen? That's making it happen. You know what that tells me? They really wanted to make it happen. They really wanted to make it happen. Guys, I'm telling you, if we really want the best that God has for us, we will compromise to make it happen. Well, is it really necessary? I don't know. Do you want to end up in a hotel room in New York? Alone? 
Do you want to get so frustrated with the ministry you want to quit? Do you want to get in such a depression you get suicidal? It don't have to be that way. Because Jesus gave me, Brother Buchanan, for Brother Buchanan to say, Preacher, how's it been going? I've been praying for you. Jesus gave me Miss Diane to text me almost every day, say, Preacher, I'm praying for you today. Jesus gave me Brother Travis to say, Hey, Preacher, how's it going? Let me tell you what God's doing with me. God gave us one another. Don't leave here alone. Church, say amen.